You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 20th, 2021. Happy Saturday, everyone. My name is Philip Ross, and I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can find me on Twitter at PhilipR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic win a game. I would be remiss if I didn't do a podcast on the Orlando Magic winning a game. The Orlando Magic defeat the Brooklyn Nets. I'd be remiss if I didn't do a podcast on the Orlando Magic defeating the Brooklyn Nets. We'll break down the Magic's win over the Brooklyn Nets, what that win means, and why there's still some concern, but mostly about how great it is to be free of that nine-game losing streak. We'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, the best of, the highlights of, are uh, uh, the locker room chat that I had over the first half of the uh, Arkansas game, of, uh, of Arkansas's win over Colgate. Um, I'll break down. I'll, I'll break out some of the best snippets from that conversation. Sorry, there was a short run up to that. I was testing it out, um, and so we'll we'll do the short, do the best of that hour long conversation that I had. It was great to interact with the fans that I was able to interact with, um, and uh, fantastic to to try that out. I'm excited to do it again. I'll announce when the next one will be coming up here in just a moment. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching your every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Brooklyn Nets? Check out our good pals at Locked On Nets. Want to look ahead to Sunday's game against the Boston Celtics? Check out our friends at Locked On Celtics. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week on Thursday. Yeah, I'm going to give you the run-up this time. Thursday at 6 p.m. as we discuss what the Magic did or did not do at the NBA trade deadline. We'll have a complete trade deadline recap. So have your questions ready. You obviously probably can't, but be prepared to ask me questions uh, and react to what the Magic may or may not do at the trade deadline this Thursday at 6 p.m. on trade deadline day. Download the Locker Room app and join the conversation. The Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports. You'll get a taste of what it is like coming up later on the show as I play some of the snippets from my impromptu Locker Room on Friday afternoon. But first, hey, the Magic won a game. Isn't it nice when you make shots? Isn't it nice when the ball just goes through the basket, when you're playing with supreme confidence, when you're doing, you know, when you're able to make up for mistakes because you can make shots? So much of this Magic losing streak has really just been about that simple act of the game. The Magic have been unable to make shots. Um, certainly not at the level necessary to even support a defense that has played very, very well. Um, there was a lot of tur- there would be a lot of turnovers. It'd be a lot of missteps that would put the Magic in a deeper hole. But at the end of the day, it just came down to like all those close games: the loss of the Hawks, the loss of the Heat, the loss of the um, both losses to the Heat actually, loss of the Spurs, even though that was a blowout, the loss of the Knicks. It came down to the Magic's inability to put the ball in the basket. Um, yeah, some of those games might have turned and, and, and the losing streak may not have been so bad, but that's what long losing streaks are. 
Long losing streaks are that. Um, these are NBA teams. To expect this team to get blown out or to lose every game um, in almost the exact same manner is, is unrealistic. This is a team of fighters. This is a team that has a lot of pride and, and still believes in themselves. So whether you whether fans believe in them or not, or whether the stats say that they can do it or whatever, this is still a team that believes in itself and believes in its ability to to come back and make something happen. And uh, they understand what their potential is. And obviously Thursday's trade deadline is looming in the in the background here as to whether they will get that opportunity as a group as presently constructed to get that job done. But we'll see. So the Magic eventually were going to have a game where it all clicked. And, and it all clicked for three quarters here. For three quarters, the Magic were the better team. They were playing with more energy. They were hitting shots. Uh, and Steve Clifford would say, it's a little bit cyclical. Um, you make shots when you're playing with energy and you get energy from making shots. Uh, but the Magic were doing all the right things and all the things necessary to get the win and, and, and to put themselves in the best position to win the game. They went out there and, you know, for three quarters, they did it. Um, they led by 19 after the end of the third quarter. They had 13 threes at halftime, tying a franchise record. They largely kept the Nets in check. James Harden was struggling throughout the night to get his shots going. They largely stayed disciplined on him, keeping him off the foul line as much as you can. Um, except for Kyrie Irving going for 13 points in the second quarter uh, or, or being responsible for 13 points in the second quarter. Um, to, to narrow the gap a little bit, the Magic were cruising or, you know, as much as they could. They were playing hard, they were playing sharp, but they were largely cruising to this win. But here's the thing about losing, and, and, and this is why I'm still so hell-bent on telling people when you have the opportunity to win, you need to win. Um, when you, you, you don't want to get caught in these long losing streaks um, because losing... Is a, is not just a habit; it's a mindset, um, and we experienced that during the rebuild, during the Rob Hennigan era before Steve Clifford got here. Um, it's it's a mindset that can be very difficult to break, even among teams that have experienced success and that know how to win uh, and know they're better. Um, losing is really dangerous, and this nine-game losing streak created a lot of danger for this Magic team. And 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 I'm you know I'm really keen to watch. You know, if this team's not going to make the playoffs, which they probably aren't, um, there are certain things they still need to do every game to make sure that losing doesn't become a habit, doesn't become a norm. Um, if, if I'm still a little ticked off after losses, it's because losers are supposed to tick you off. Losers are supposed to, losses are supposed to sting. But we saw what, lo- what losing can do to a team very quickly. The Magic were up by 19, and, and everyone still knew the Nets had a run in them. And I, and I tweeted this out at the beginning of the fourth quarter. The Magic need to put this game away in the first six minutes. They need to put their foot down and make sure the Nets don't make this a game. Because the Nets have the firepower to play a bad game, like they did on Friday, and still have a chance to win it. And that's exactly what they did. They burned off the first 11 points of the fourth quarter. The Magic didn't even make a field goal until the until more than halfway through the fourth quarter. The Nets cut the lead down to as little as five, if I'm not mistaken, four or five points. And it really looked like the Magic were going to lose this thing again. And, you know, again, you want to you want to see a young team grow and, and develop and get better. This was not an exact copy of the loss to the Hawks before the All-Star break. But it was still a very similar situation. And a situation 
the Magic had to prove they'd learned their lesson from. Did they learn that lesson fully? It's. I'll get to why I think there's still you know this 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 win is very nice. Magic earned it, but there's still some concerns. But the Magic made the plays they needed to make to to close the door and win the game. The Nets never got all the way back. Um, the Magic made sure of that. Whether it was good defense at the paint, whether it's uh, stopping the, stopping the Nets in, on several key possessions, or just getting some three point luck, which the Magic have been long overdue for. The Magic made their plays that they needed to make. Evan Fournier hit a critical step-back three-pointer that gave the Magic some cushion. Aaron Gordon had his share of three-pointers as well, scoring 38 points on six for eight three-point shoot on seven for eight three-point shooting, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Evan Fournier had 31 points, just a, a really great game. Um, There's one play late in the fourth quarter when Fournier took a really bad three-pointer, missed it really badly, uh, and uh, and Gordon was there to clean it up and tip it in before the shot clock expired. Um, just a really heady play and, and a winning play. And then there was Nikola Vucevic breaking out of a really poor game. He's 8 for 24 from the floor. Score, you know, still got 22 points. 22 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists. Still had a really nice stat line. Um, making a big shot. The Magic made all the big shots and the Nets did. The Nets are probably going to say, and I didn't listen to the post game, but they would probably say, you know, the, the thing tonight was we didn't make our shots. And, during that fourth quarter especially, there were a lot of open threes that the Nets just didn't make. There was one possession where the Nets missed an open three, I think from, from Jeff Green, got the rebound, got Joe Harris an open three, he missed it, and then James Harden missed a step back three. And, and that would have cut the cut the lead to a single single deficit, so single possession. The Magic got some got some three-point luck. And, and, and three-point luck is a thing. It's, it's a statistical measure that, that is tracked, in the, tracked by um, people much smarter than me. Orlando shooting 21 for 40 from beyond the arc. Brooklyn shooting 10 for 37 from beyond the arc. You usually expect that to, to flip. Um, and so the Magic, I think, still have a lot to clean up defensively. This was not a strong defensive game for them at all. But again, who can play Brooklyn strong defensively? They're just so good. Um, and Orlando struggled with some of the switching that the Nets did, but they made shots. And when you make shots, everything looks a little bit better. The Orlando Magic snapped their nine-game losing streak with a 121 113 victory over the Brooklyn Nets on Friday. It was a really, really good effort from the Orlando Magic and one that they desperately, desperately needed. They're back in action Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Don't just note the tip time. 3.30 p.m. against the Boston Celtics. So a really, really strong effort from the Magic. Before we move on to our locker room conversation, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. So get real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't forget, too, to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with all the he- with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. When we come back, we'll head to the locker room and see what you have see what you had to say as we watch the first half of Arkansas and Colgate on Friday. Let's, uh, let's, let's uh, start the conversation uh, after what is going on. Hey, Philip, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Hold on. Oh, hey, um, so I'm a, I'm a Wolves fan, Timberwolves fan. I actually cover the Wolves. Um, so I'm, I'm looking for some, some, some opposite side perspective. What do you make of the Aaron Gordon um, Wolves rumors? Um, and, and do you see, do you see a, a, a worthy package um, at the at the deadline from the Wolves. Yeah, uh, you know, I I think the Minnesota Timberwolves deal that that's been rumored is is really um interest is really interesting. Uh, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I think there's there's something there. There's a framework there. Um, the the Ricky Rubio obviously I think is needed to match contracts. And I've actually been a Ricky Rubio fan. Um, I, I think that what he does is, is a little bit undervalued um, as a defender and just kind of as a leader. Like, I don't want him starting at point guard, but um, I think the magic certainly because they decided to uh, get rid of DJ Augustine and, and, and draft Cole Anthony lack a little bit of veteran leadership at that point guard spot that I think they, that I think they could use. And, and Rubio would obviously fill really well. But um, the one thing that I think is the problem with this deal is, is I just don't see, the long-term piece that makes it worth doing. Um, when you look at what the Timberwolves can offer and what the Timberwolves can can give the Magic, um, it's 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 not very much as far as building the team for the future. And that's what I really think, especially the Aaron Gordon chip, is such a big thing for us. Is the Magic have to use that chip to uh, to to build their team out beyond the season and, and to and to support the team that they ultimately want to have and and. And, and I feel like they need to get a rotation-level player. And so, you know, Ricky Rubio for Aaron Gordon swap, I think maybe earlier in the season when the Magic may have still thought they could make the playoffs, that might have made some sense. Um, but unless Minnesota is willing to throw in uh, like a Jalen Noel, um, you know, maybe some uh, probably some future of draft capital too, I, I don't particularly have much interest in Jarrett Culver. Um, I, I think the Magic are desperate for shooting. Uh, and so <laughs> finding, acquiring another long guy who is a poor shooter – the Magic have enough of those. So I, I really think that what's key for the Magic is finding a guy that can fit into the rotation moving forward. Um, Noel's obviously had a really nice season, so I'd be interested in him, but I, I just don't know if there's enough from Minnesota to make that deal happen. No, very, very good thoughts. I'm just trying to gauge, you know, the league-wide interest in in, in Rubio. It, it really hasn't worked out. He, he was a Ryan Saunders guy, um, and now that Saunders is gone, you know, it's hard to see his purpose going forward. And he's, like I said, he's had the worst season of his career. Um, so just trying to gauge that interest, um, you know, from, from the magic perspective, how would a guy like, you know, you mentioned Jarrett Culver, how would a guy like Josh Okogie be valued, you know, in terms of help on the defensive end? Because I know um, the magic haven't been a great defensive team the last few years. Um, you know, are, are they looking for value on defense as well? 
You know, I, I you know, I, I think that I mean, I like Josh Okogi. Um, I think that he is definitely a guy that, given the chance, could could turn into a really nice rotation player. Um, but again, I I feel like the the opposite's true. Actually, the one thing the Magic have been very good at over the last three seasons under Steve Clifford is they've been uh, a really good defensive team. Maybe not elite defensively, but a really good defensive team. They were sure, eighth in the fair. league. That's and, fair. They're eighth in the league in defensive rating in 2019 and 2019. They were uh, tied for 10th last year in 2020. And really like the only thing that's been good about this team this year has been when its defense has been good, it's been very, very good. I mean, since the Mm all-star break, I know four games. Magic are sixth in the league in defensive rating. They're, I think, 17th in the league in defensive rating. And obviously they've got some defenders sitting on the bench, especially Jonathan Isaac, who is probably going to be an all-defensive team player at some point. Um, It's – he's – this team's fine defensively. Steve Clifford's going to make sure this team is fine defensively. The the key to me, and, and this is a point that I've driven home on the podcast, is Orlando has to be able to shoot the ball. They, their offense just mm-hmm. isn't good enough for their defense to mean anything at this point. So to me, Orlando has to be focused on getting offensive players and finding shooters. Um, that's that's mm-hmm. just that's such a premium for me right now for this team to take the next steps that it needs to take. Sure. I, I guess it, it, if I may, you know, how would you how would you rate the 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 level of urgency to move on from Gordon right now? Because it, like I, I, the Magic have a loaded front court. I mean, a lot of great front court players. Um, but you know, is Gordon a long term fit? You know, w- w- with all that in mind, how would you rate the 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 urgency here to get get off of Gordon? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're I don't think they're so desperate to get rid of Gordon that they'll trade him tomorrow or they'll trade him by the deadline. Um, I, I think, you know, when I've looked at a lot of the deals and maybe I'll go over some of the deals that I came up with involving Gordon and some of the teams that I think are, are in serious running here. Um, I, I, I think a lot of those deals are frankly going to be around in the off season. Um, so I, I mm-hmm. think that the magic understand they have a player that a lot of teams want and a lot of teams hope to acquire. And so I think that, I think that the magic are going to be patient uh, and if there's not, I mean, it's the same thing that from last year. If if there's not a deal they like, they'll sit and wait. They'll they'll search. They'll keep searching for the deal that they like. Um, I think they still think Gordon and Isaac can play together. Although I'm not sure that's a long term fit next to each other. Because right now, the the goal for the Magic should be how can we make Jonathan Isaac and and more specifically, how can we make Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, uh, and the draft pick the Magic are about to have in this year's draft. How can we get the most of that team? And I think it's very fair to say that Aaron Gordon hinders Jonathan Isaac's development or, or, or doesn't maximize what Jonathan Isaac can do. So I do think that, I do think that the magic will be looking at Aaron Gordon trades. Um, obviously once the off season starts, the clock starts ticking. He's, he's due to be a free agent at the end of the 2022 season. Um, the, the, the maximum time to, to use him as trade capital is this year at the deadline and then right before the draft in the off season. So I, I think that the magic will move on from him at one of those two points. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it makes sense to stay with them beyond that, but if there's not a deal there, I think the magic have shown plenty of times that they're, they're plenty patient to, to wait for things. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, in, in thinking about what the, if the wolves, um, the Timberwolves were to pull the trigger on Gordon, they decide the pass on, or they, they decide they can't get Colin, John Collins or, um, anywhere else, you know, what's the best, um, I guess, what's the best package you've seen for, for, for Gordon, um, you know, kind of floated around because I'm trying to, I'm trying to gauge, you know, how the wolves measure up. And I just don't, 
I just don't see how, how the Wolves could measure up, you know, with Rubio and a young player um, in terms of a package for Gordon. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I think, I think that's fair. I mean, obviously, Minnesota, Minnesota wouldn't want to offer their pick this year, even if they had it to offer. Um, you know, I, I, think, I, I don't think that would be a smart move. And Minnesota, you know, to, to that effect, Minnesota, it's really hard for two teams at the bottom of the standings to make trades with each other because essentially, you know, it's a market. There's, a buyer, there's usually a buyer and a seller. You, you don't typically see deals with guys that are of equal value or, or are of, of equal standing. Um, traded for each other anymore that's just that's just kind of just not how the nba works you know you're either moving up the standings or moving down the standings uh, and like orlando minnesota probably feels they have more talent and are better than their record would indicate um orlando certainly they've made the playoffs last year as the eastern conference certainly helps with that uh and they've dealt with a ton of injuries this season minnesota's dealt with their share of injuries too but between you know Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, they probably feel like their time to strike, their time to be their best is now. So, uh, and, and Anthony Edwards has obviously had a very good year too. So the, the Wolves aren't looking to sell. They're, they're trying to compete too. And, and that's why I think, you know, being in the running for Aaron Gordon and trying to get Aaron Gordon is, is a really smart decision on their part. Um, but the question is, you know, are they willing to give up the things the Magic are looking for? Do they have enough to, to, to get what the Magic are, are looking for? Um, you know, I, I, I ran through some of the rumors that, that came out about Aaron Gordon um, over the week. And obviously it was a busy week as far as um, Magic trade rumors. And it, it really felt to me like the best offer that I could find was from either Denver or Portland. Um, again, two teams that are also contending a little bit. Um, yeah. They have, you know, the kind of mix of, players who are rotation level players that they might be willing to get rid of to take a crack at Gordon. Um, Denver, especially, I think is the most realistic. Um, you know, I've had some talks with some of the blocked on nuggets guys about it, um, you know, pitched a few ideas and, and there really does seem to be a, a framework to make a deal there. There really does seem like there's a framework uh, for a trade. Um, it would start with Gary Harris, who's obviously dealt with his share of injuries, but when he's been healthy, he's been a 15, 16 point per game score, a great shooter, a great defender. That's the kind of player that I think the Magic, you know, could probably use, could probably take a chance on and say, you know, put him in a new environment, you know, figure out what the injury issues are, get him healthy, uh, and then see see what happens. I mean, he would complement this this lineup really, really well. And if you can get a, a young player out, of, you know, even an end of the first round draft pick out of that from Denver, or a young player like an RJ Hampton. Um, I know I've seen Bull Bull tossed around. You know, I, I don't know if I'm quite interested in that with Mo Bamba in, in, in the mix. Um, but but um, a, a deal like that um, is kind of what the Magic are looking for. Uh, uh, maybe an underused player on a big salary that could fit into the team's long-term future um, or into the short-term future at the very least uh, and help the team get back to the playoffs next year as well as some future you know, maybe draft capital or, or, or just a young prospect that they can kind of bring along and into that rotation too. So essentially you're looking for, if you can, two rotation level players. Um, the Portland deal that I've been kicking around has involved Robert Covington um, as the salary matcher um, with, you know, and I've seen a lot of different permutations of this. Essentially I want one of Anthony Simons or Nasir Little. Um, I would lean more towards Simons. Um, bring you know, Both Anthony Simons and Nasir Little, obviously Orlando natives, um, bringing bringing Simons to Orlando where he might be able to play a little bit more off the ball. Um, Orlando has shown a willingness to play two point guard lineups. Um, my only concern is again, like the reason why Rubio does interest me a little bit is I, I do think that point guard room is a little bit too young. I, I'd like to see a veteran there um, just to, just to help 
both Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz uh, continue to grow and, and, and learn the league a little bit. I, I do think the Magic have missed DJ Augustine on that front. So I, I think that there is a deal in place and, and a deal that makes sense with several teams. I mean, I think there's very clearly a market for Aaron Gordon, um, but those are the two that have, that have stuck out to me the most. Yeah, sure. I, I would maybe push back on, on, on the Robert Covington idea um, only because um, I, I'm not, I, I believe I'm remembering this correctly. I think he commanded like two first round picks uh, from the yeah. Rockets. Um, I mean, that's a hefty price. I don't, I don't really see him moving anytime soon. Um, but no, it, it, it's a really interesting market. And I guess, you know, I, I know I kind of slighted the magic defense earlier, um, but I think, I think in, I think uh, that was just based off of watching them in the playoffs against really good teams. And then um, <laughs> their matchups against the Wolves, where it's always up and down, just crazy games. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, the Cole Anthony buzzer beater game. That, that's a yeah. game that comes to mind. Um, but no, it, it is a really interesting market. It'll be interesting to see, you know, it, like you said, it, it's hard for teams at, at the bottom of the league to trade. Um, it's just such a weird scenario that the Wolves have the worst record in the league and they're somehow, acting as buyers and, and, and at least in rumors they're, they're acting as buyers um it'll be interesting to see if they move off rubio um you know at the deadline or if they wait till the off season maybe try to make a home run swing with you know the, the rubio contract plus you know malik beasley i could see beasley being another you know robert covington type contract that gets you know the, it becomes one of the most sought after contracts in the league so it'll be really interesting but yeah i just kind of wanted to see you know from the magic perspective, what, you know, Aaron Gordon would command. So thanks for your thoughts. We'll jump back into the locker room in just a moment. Of course, that was recorded Friday afternoon. So Aaron Gordon hadn't scored 38 points on seven for eight shooting from beyond the arc before we started that conversation, but a good uh, perspective uh, coming from a Wolves fan inquiring about Aaron Gordon. Hopefully that cleared up some of his uh, trade picture, which is, that question, that exact question by another Timberwolves fan was actually asked later in the locker room. I won't air that again. Um, but but before we get to the rest, before we get to the rest of the show, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. It's true. I've seen it. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Have your brackets ready. It's not too late. Go to BuiltBar.com or or to at bar underscore built on Twitter. That's bar underscore built. And remember to use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and vote in Built Bar Madness. Find out who will be the best tasting protein bar. Very, very, very exciting stuff. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, the host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Follow the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get podcasts. We'll head back into the locker room, coming up in a bit. Uh, really excited to see play during the NCAA. Really excited to see all of these, these top prospects play in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, typically us NBA guys, uh, we uh, typically us NBA guys, we, we kind of keep an eye on the college game. But I think a lot of us don't actually start watching these draft prospects until the NBA draft, until the NCAA tournament. 
Uh, and I do think that that does color a lot of our perceptions of players. Um, you get you get to see them in pressure situations, which I think is really valuable. But obviously, the Magic are in line for a top pick in this year's draft. Um, they're currently with the fifth worst record in the league, I believe. Um, so they've obviously got a lot. Um, uh, they've obviously got a lot of uh, a lot to work, a lot, a lot to consider, and a lot to think about. But this is this is a very good top of the draft class. Obviously, Kate Cunningham, the top guy. I have a Jalen Green of the G League Ignite. I thought he was really impressive in the bubble, and I think what those guys did, what those guys did in the in the bubble, was was really impressive uh, for such young players to to compete and play with pro players, with real pro players. Um, I think was a really impressive thing for all those guys to do. Um, Jalen Green looked fantastic. Um, I thought he had some rough games early on. Um, but really found his own. I have him number two on my board. I actually have Jonathan Kuminga third on my board. I, I really do think uh, the, the experience of playing in the G League uh, gives those guys a little bit of a leg up. Um, I was really impressed with Kuminga. Um, his shooting efficiency wasn't there, but he's got an NBA body already, which I think is really, really important. And, and again, he made an impact on a team in a professional league as an 18-year-old. I think that I don't think we should discredit that. I think that's that's something that I think people didn't really consider in the Luka Doncic draft uh, and why – Doncic fell to three, um, which I, I still don't understand how that happened. Um, but I, I think people did not give him enough credit for being the MVP of Euro Euro League. So uh, that's 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 there. Um, it, on four on my list, I, I, I have Evan Mobley. Um, I don't know if he fits what the Magic are trying to do specifically. Um, good shot blocker, you know, kind of rangy four. He looks like a more polished Jaron Jackson Jr. from everything that I've seen at this point. Um, so I think that, I think that Mobley is a really interesting prospect prospect. And then Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga, kind of a swing guard, you know, the, the kind of one, two combo guards that we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, just a really, com- really complete player, a really solid player as well. But, um, we're getting ready, uh, in about 10 minutes now, um, Arkansas will tip off with Moses Moody of Arkansas. He, I have him right outside that top group. I don't think he's as good as that top group, that top five that everyone's been talking about, um, but he's been really and really, really impressive to me uh, as a, as just a scorer. And again, the magic just needs scoring and, and he stepped up in some big games for Arkansas to earn them a three seed. Let's, let's hear from uh, David uh, Fudernick. Fudernick. Did I say that right? Uh, Fudernick. Fudernick. Yeah. Yeah. I tried. I, tried. I, I, I applaud the try. I applaud the try. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing as well as I can for, for a nine game losing streak, I suppose. <laughs> I'm, I, I should say I'm a Knicks fan. So, okay. you know, I uh, was on the winning end of a, another like horrible game between for some reason hey, when hey, these two teams so get together, it's just like a, when you're, when ugly, you're, ugly. With, when you're with a Tom Thibodeau and Steve Clifford team, those, <laughs> those games are the ones you love. Bloodfest. Yeah. 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 Um, my question was, like you know as somebody who follows the team closely who do you think is like an absolute almost like positively gone player at the deadline next week and who uh who do you think is like more of a long shot like like I I know we've heard uh, Vooch's name but that seems like a long shot just considering what it would take to to trade him yeah um you know I I think Nikola Vucevic is a very very long shot to get dealt um I think the magic I think the magic would have to be blown away by an offer. And by, by blown away, I mean they're getting uh, a, a star player 
or a, a player that is on track to stardom um, to, to, to move Nikola Vucevic at this point. Um, I, I don't see a way. I mean, I, 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 I'm people who follow the magic know that I've been a Nikola Vucevic supporter for a long time. You know, I've kind of defended him when he wasn't as good as he is now. Um, but to me, he is such an important stabilizing force for this team. I mean, you're looking next year. I think the magic intend to be back in the playoff picture next year. Uh, and so they're, I think their thought process is we bring back Jonathan Isaac. We bring back Markel Fultz. We have a rookie, uh, a high-level rookie. Um, I, I think the expectation is, you know, that core can be good enough to make the playoffs, but it's going to be inconsistent. Um, you know, it takes, from everything I understand about torn ACLs, it's about a year to come back and then another full year before you're, like, really comfortable on the floor again. Uh, so next year is going to feel like a transition year anyway. So I think the, the Magic hope that, Keeping Nikola Vucevic around gives them that consistent offensive option, a guy that they just they can count on every single night, while all these other players kind of fluctuate, you know, up up and down throughout the course of the season. Yep. So I, I think that it would take a lot to move Nikola Vucevic. You know, the, the rumors going around are multiple first round picks. You know, star player. To me, to me, it's about give me. Can I get a star player or a player on track for stardom for Nikola Vucevic? Um, I I do think that. Evan Fournier is probably going to get traded at the trade deadline. Um, I do think that that partnership is is going to get broken up um, and that the team is going to move forward um, with a different path. Um, I, I, just don't, I just don't see how the Magic can resign Evan Fournier, so they do need to get something for him. And I think if the Magic can get a rotation-level player or a young player, again, on track to be a rotation-level player, I think they'll, they'll have done pretty pretty well with that. Yeah. Um, and then what about like like a Terrence Ross? Like, Is, is that somebody that you think – gets moved as well or I, I don't think he gets moved necessarily, but I, I again I, I think the Magic's posture and, and reporting suggested this too. Um the Magic's posture has been we're listening to everyone. I mean outside of Jonathan Isaac, um I think the Magic are open to hearing what what's out there and assessing what the market is. And if there's a deal they like, I think they'll pursue it. So if someone yeah. comes in with a Terrence Ross trade and and, and they really like it, I, I think I think they go for it. I, I really do. But um, I think I think the deal's got to come to them. I don't think they're searching out Terrence Ross trades because, again, um, you look at this Magic team, the biggest thing holding them back is they just have no one that, that defenses respect as a shooter. Um, and, you know, Terrence Ross has been put in some, some weird lineups where he's had to be the only scorer and everything is focused on him both offensively and the defenses are focusing on him too. Hey man, he um, seems but, to always kill the Knicks, but maybe that's does. just us. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not just the Knicks. I swear. Like he, he, he is. He is a spark plug. Um, you know, he is a perfect six man, and you know the Magic just don't have anyone else on that bench that can score. Um, so yeah, so he gets a lie and share of the attention. Uh, and and I, I think he's done well to adjust and play to that. But his, his season this year has been inconsistent because of it. And I think he would he would perform a lot better on. A, a better team to be, to be frank as uh, just, just because they'll have more around him to support him. Um, I, I do think that, that the magic aren't actively looking for Ross deals, but if a deal comes along, uh, I don't think they'll say no or, or ignore it. Uh, let me get to Eli's question here. Eli Walton asked me uh, at what point this season, do you think the magic commit more fully to player development? Um, I think that there's a, a bit of a, uh, and I'll get to your question here in a bit, uh, Eton. So just hang on on the line. Um, I think there's a bit of a misconception that you're either trying to win or you're trying to develop players. Um, certainly, if the Magic trade Ken Birch, for instance, Mo Bamba is going to get a lot more time than he's getting right now. Um, but 
I do think that the Magic and really all NBA teams are always committed to player development. Um, it, a lot of it just happens behind the scenes uh, and doesn't necessarily happen with uh, what happens on the court. Um, I actually asked uh, Coach Clifford about this yesterday before the game with, with Kareem Manet. Uh, Kareem Manet had a nice run in the G League bubble uh, for the Lakeland Magic. You know, averaged like six points per game. Wasn't, wasn't super impressive statistically. Um, but the Magic signed him and brought him in as a true project. I mean, he's still relatively new to basketball. He's, he's not, you know, a super experienced or, or high skill level player yet, but he's got a lot of potential. Uh, and I asked him, you know, with, especially with the Magic down so many point guards, you know, what have you seen from Kareem? You know, Kareem said that in the, in the bubble, the game slowed down a lot for him. Uh, and, and now he's back with the Magic and back with the main team and, and getting some experience. And Clifford said, you know, it's going to be really helpful for him to be around us, to practice with us. Um, when, when they can't practice, obviously, uh, and to have this, have that opportunity to, to, to play around um, and, and to just kind of be with the team. But Clifford said, it's not likely he's going to get a ton of minutes. He might get spot minutes here or there. Um, certainly if the magic are desperate enough, he will play, but uh, it doesn't seem like Manet is going to get a ton of opportunity to play because that wouldn't help him as much. Now, again, playing helps obviously, but Clifford Clifford's philosophy is you players develop best both when they have an opportunity to win, when they're helping, helping to to helping a winning roster, but also when they're in positions to succeed. Um, I get the frustration with Colt with Chumo Kiki and him not getting minutes. I get the frustration with Mo Bamba and him not getting minutes. But I think what Clifford wants is for these guys to experience success on the floor, to be in positions where they can, you know, see the things that they're working on and what they need to do to help the team and be successful at that to help the team. And that's the guiding. Uh, development philosophy. Now, obviously, injuries have thrown a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of stuff up in the air. Um, you know, you know, playing Chumo Kiki at the two, playing him mostly at the three, was not part of the Magic's plan for his development. But the team is, the teams had to do it just just out of necessity. And, and I think Chumo's handled it well. And, and we've seen Chumo grow, and he's getting more confident offensively. His shots kind of come and gone, but you expect that from a rookie. Um, and so I, I think that I don't think we'll ever see a full shift to. Just throw the young guys out there. That's not Clifford's philosophy. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how great that philosophy is. Um, I think the Magic have a plan for how they want to build guys up, the roles they want them to play, and I think the goal is to have them play in those roles. Um, so so thanks, thanks, Eli, for the question. Again, we'll see how things develop. Um, after the trade deadline, I think things are going to shift a lot, um, obviously, with, with what the Magic are expected to do. I want to thank everyone who joined our locker room on Friday afternoon. Again, I know I put it up on short notice. It's my first time trying out the app and the platform. I've had a lot of fun on the questions that we did get. You got a taste of some of the questions and some of the conversations that we had uh, during uh, the hour-long um, locker room chat that we had there. Um, so I, I, th- I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm definitely excited to do it again. So remember, mark it on your calendars. This Thursday, 6 o'clock. We'll be having our post-trade deadline locker room hangout. So we'll talk about what comes next for the Orlando Magic. We'll probably talk a little bit about the NCAA tournament and the NBA draft coming up, but mostly about what the Magic did, what the Magic didn't do, and what comes next. So mark your calendars Thursday at 6 p.m. on Locker Room. You can download that app wherever you get apps. I, th- I think it's optimized for iOS, though, so my my app, my iPhone users might have a better experience, but uh, search for the Locker Room app uh, and join the conversation. I'm really looking forward to hanging out and uh, and talking about what the Magic did and did not do during the NBA draft. So we'll see 
uh, what comes out and what, uh, what, we'll, what we'll have to talk about then. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic and joining us here on the weekend. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. Follow, find the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me again on Twitter at philiprr__omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Once again, the Orlando Magic defeat the Brooklyn Nets 121-113 to 113 to snap their nine-game losing streak. It is a great weekend already. We'll be back again Monday with another episode of Locked on Magic. We'll recap the Magic's game against the Celtics. But until then, have a great weekend, everyone. For Orlando Magic, Daily Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Crossman-Reich. We'll see you all again for another episode of Locked on Magic.